Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Good to be back in the house of the Lord. Good to be back in Olathe, Kansas. You all are gluttons for punishment, and, uh, but we're, we're thankful. Amen. I appreciate your pastor and his wife. And, uh, and then you can tell that they, what they practice is modeled in the church. Amen. I believe there's a scripture. It, it says it this way. It says, like priests, like people. Uh, and uh, and so the way the way a, a church is takes on the demeanor of its pastor and its leader, and so um, you all don't just just take care of our needs. You you go beyond that a lot of times. And is there anything you want? And uh, that's that's very very kind of you all to do that for us. Amen. And it's a privilege to be back here. See what the Lord will do. Uh, I'm thankful for what Pastor said. He's got great faith. I believe about half of us do, judging by the response to his great faith. Amen. But hopefully before we're all done, everybody else will have that same amount of faith. Praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I got faith. Amen. And say it like you mean it. Tell them, I got faith. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's see what the Holy Ghost will help us here with. Uh, turn, if you would, to the book of Acts. Uh, for many Pentecostals, especially early apostolics around the first century, they thought that was about the only book in the Bible, uh, and so a little humor there, but but uh, thank God for the acts of the church. I mean, I think it's the history book of the New Testament. Praise God. Anybody ever wants to know what the early church was like, just read the book of Acts, and then compare what your church is like to that one. Praise God. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, and then for those of you that are speedy, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 24. If I told you how many verses I'd have right now you'd have a heart attack, and so um, uh, I, I'm just going to give you what the Holy Ghost gave me, and I gave the verses to the sound man, so uh, those of you that were naughty didn't bring your Bible, amen, you've got something to watch, and then everybody else, you'll have a Bible you can flip through. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 6, everyone say verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Hey, fellers, I'm paraphrasing, why stand ye looking up here into heaven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Matthew chapter 24, Matthew the 24th chapter and verse 36, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Be. Jesus, help us over the next little while here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your presence. God, help us to communicate, Lord, what you have placed upon my spirit effectively, Jesus. 
God, without, without a premeditated outcome, just that your name would be glorified and that your spirit would be felt and lives would be changed to the degree, Lord, that we will allow our lives and hearts to be changed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm aware of where I'm preaching, and I have high honor for your pastor uh, and his teaching ability. As a matter of fact, as I, I'm just going to be more teaching uh, probably than the traditional evangelizing. And, uh, and so I have high honor. Uh, thankfully, God doesn't judge us on our comparative abilities. Uh, he just expects us to be who we are. So I'm not in competition with the great Bible teacher uh, that pastor is. And that's not false humility. That's just the truth. But I do want you to understand some things about this passage of Scripture particularly the early church, uh, they, had, they had two messages that they preached that was, that was on their, their lips. It's what drove early evangelism. The first was receiving the Holy Ghost. The first was having your sins remitted. That was, that was what we call the Acts 2.38 message. It was, it's what drove them. It was the excitement. It was the power. The scripture said you would receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. Uh, and that they would be witnesses. And of course, uh, those of you that are students of the word of the Lord know that the word witnesses there uh, is the same word that they use for martyr throughout the scriptures. Uh, and so they were willing. In other words, they were willing to die. It wasn't like witnessing like a lot of times we talk about when we go pass out a flyer and say, I witnessed. Uh, they, were, they were putting their lives on the line. Uh, the American church doesn't understand that very much. We think we're really doing something for God if we quit a job because they did something to us or whatever. Uh, but we don't really understand the idea of putting everything on the line for the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so this is, this is one of the things that drove them. The other message that drove them, and that is of the Lord Jesus coming back. And it was something that was, that was imperative to them because so many of them had seen him leave. And so they saw him leave. They heard, uh, they, they heard or were told very quickly of what these angels had said. That this same Jesus that you just saw get out of here is coming back in like manner. And I'm going to tell you something. If you or I had saw that, that would have impelled us or, or compelled us uh, to have a message. Hey, we just saw him leave and the angel said he's coming back. It's time to get ready. Jesus is coming. And so this, is, this was the message. And, and, it, and it propelled the early New Testament church. They were willing to die for this. They were willing to die uh, for their Savior and for the message of deliverance and that he was indeed coming again. So much so that the Apostle Paul puts himself, when he talks about the Lord coming back, he said, and we which are alive and remain, he put himself in the we group. He didn't plan on, he didn't plan on being dead. He was planning on being one of those that was going to see Jesus come back. Well, we know that he didn't. He didn't quite make it that far. Uh, and he's passed on. And Jesus still has not come back. 
We understand that Matthew chapter 24 gives us an understanding of how things are going to be when Jesus comes back. And I'm not going to get into the different eschatological views this morning. Everybody's got one, and I can preach both of them either way with passion. So uh, I'm just telling you, I'm not getting into that. God bless you. If that's where you're going to get hung up on, have at it. But all I know is Jesus is coming. I said Jesus is coming. Uh, and he has not yet come as some false doctrines like preterism and partial preterism, which is kind of like, that's just funny. Uh, it's like being partially born. You can't be a partial anything. It's, anyways. Uh, and so, and so we, we know that that is a false doctrine. Jesus didn't already come, and the, and the dust that was flowing there in AD 70 was not his footprints on the ground. And uh, it was probably chariots and a lot of other stuff that's mixed in with it. I don't think it was very holy. But anyways, uh, and, so, and so here we know that Jesus is coming back. That's the message. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the Bible said it's going, he's going to come as in the days of Noah. And another passage of scripture says as like as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, we're pretty close to those days. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. How much worse, well, I, I mean, I know it can get worse, but I don't really want to see it get worse, but we know it's going to. Uh, and and the, the, the Bible lets us know that in both of those civilizations, there's 11 people saved. Out of two civilizations, out of Noah, there's eight people. Is that right? And out of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's three people. And they're questionable. But God called, the Bible said Lot was a righteous man. So I ain't going to try and figure all that out. I'm just, that's just what the Bible says. So we know at least one. So we got anywhere from 9 to 11 people out of, out of many thousands, if not millions of people. That's not high percentages. And the scripture said that it's going to be like those days when the Lord comes back again how it's going to be it's it's here it's getting worse it's not going to get better last year uh, a pastor mutual pastor friend of ours who's a pretty bright guy doesn't have a doctorate but or anything like that but he's just he's just smart and it's funny because there's a group of guys that that decided they was going to take on the moniker of the sons of Issachar and 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 all of that kind of stuff. And they believe in what's called the dominion theology, which is, which is where the church is going to perfect society and we're going to eventually dominate the, 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 the religious and secular cultures of our, of our day. And that's going to usher in Jesus Christ, which is Greek word called baloney. And, and so, and so, uh, so that, my respected elder, he said, hey, this would be a good time for all them, all them sons of Issachar and all them dominion theologists to rise up and take dominion uh, with the government going the way it is. That would be a good time. Uh, now, they didn't. You didn't hear a peep out of their dominion theology. But, but it sounds good in, a, in an incubator somewhere, but it doesn't practice good because, because Jesus said the world's going to get worse and worse. And the Bible said seducers are going to wax worse and worse in this last and perilous day. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God that the message of Acts 2.38 still works. 
Thank God that the promise of his coming is still right. He's not come yet, but I'm looking for a glorious appearing. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. This world, the old song says, is not my home. I'm just passing through. This morning, just for a little while, just for a little while, I felt very strongly to, to if nothing else, encourage the church. Maybe focus. Now, there's folks here. Uh, I believe you need the Holy Ghost. You need, a, you need a closer relationship with God. The truth is all of us do. Uh, but sometimes it's just good. Uh, let's see, the last service I was here, I preached on your failure is not final. I used a couple verses and a whole bunch of stories, and everybody gets excited, and we like those. But today, I'm not going to use a whole bunch of stories. I'm just going to use the Bible. So hopefully we can get excited over just some Bible verses. Amen. Jesus is coming back. I said Jesus really is coming back. We only have so much time. We only have so much time. Many, many folks before us, thousands have passed on to the scene. Many hoping in Christ. Others hoping in themselves, which is a false hope. But you and I that are here today have the opportunity to make our calling and election sure. Walking in the fear of the Lord. By walking in the fear of the Lord, we will gain the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I'll say that again. By walking in the fear of the Lord, you'll gain the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The reason why there's folks, even that's born again, that do not walk in the comfort of the Holy Ghost is because they are not walking in the fear of the Lord. They want the comfort without the fear. That's a balance. You can't have both or you can't have one without the other. And so the scripture says that is in the days of Noah where they were drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and all of the normal concourse of life. And if we're not careful as Christians, we will get cold just walking through life. Just walking through life. The Bible said, don't be weary in well-doing. That verse, that verse there really causes me more fear as a Christian pastor than sin. It says, don't get weary in doing what's right. It didn't say not doing what's wrong. Folks backslide. Oh, some backslide because they just wanted to have a love for the world. There's a lot of folks, but that's not where it starts. They just get weary in well-doing. They just get tired. If you're not careful, you'll become like David. And David said in one place, he said, I looked at what everybody else was doing and said, what benefit is it for me to live righteously? What, what, does, it, what does it benefit me to do what's right? What does it benefit me? I'm getting weary in doing what's right. The apostle Paul understood this. He said in one place, he said, if we had hope in this life, in Christ, in this life only, now, Paul said that. Paul, who is used of God to do wonderful things. Paul, who had revelations beyond anything that he could even put into print, said, if we had hope in Christ in this life only, we'd be of all men most miserable. What a statement to make. Boy, man, if, if, if all this was... If, is all we could get of God, I'd serve God. No, I don't think most of us would. 
our hearts want to. We want to have in our mind, yeah, that's what, but I don't think most of us, I'm not certain Paul would have. What Paul said, if I had hope in Christ in this life. So where's your hope, Paul? Jesus is coming again. There is coming another day. I'm going to live this life because he's given me the Holy Ghost and taken away my sin. But I want to see his face. There's coming another day. You got to understand this, Christian, uh, person of God, uh, saint of God. You got to get it again in your heart. Maybe it's a fresh touch this morning. Jesus uh, is coming again. Uh, if I die in this life, uh, let me die uh, looking for him. That when he does come, uh, I'll arise. Uh, I see him uh, who my heart lived for. We all, everybody in here, nobody wants to die. There's no volunteers for death. There's folks commit suicide. That's a different, that's a hopeless case. and That's a different subject. They, they've, they've become hopeless and said we, there's no use to live. They've judged themselves. But those of us in this room, nobody here is going to volunteer to die. There's different age groups all, all represented here. The young is, man, I'm going to be like this forever. Happy thoughts to you. The older are trying to pull back, put the brakes on it. They're the ones now tell, hey, well, you just need to calm down and, 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 you know, take it easy on your body. And you're thinking, well, what was that? Where was that when you was living? You know, when you was my age. I tried that with my daughter not too long ago. I said, hey, honey, you need to slow down. I said, you know, you need to take time for yourself. You need to rest your body. She said, who am I talking to? <laughs> kind of comes back to bite you. But, but you know why you say that? Because, you know, man, you only get so many hours. You only get so much time. So, so take it easy where you can. But, but we're trying to do everything we can right now, knowing that there's going to come a time when I slow down, whether I want to or not. Knowing there's going to come a time when the mind begins to slip and, and all of the stuff, that the, the pride of strength. And so that's why it's so important. That's why the scripture said to serve the Lord in your youth. When you got everything and you got the strength and you can do, man, I can live life to its fullest, but man, I'm going to live for God with everything I got. Why? Because he's coming again. And he may come when I'm 14. He may come when I'm 50. He may come when I'm 20. Now, there ain't nobody in this room that's been raised around church that every one of us thought Jesus was going to come just to mess with us uh, on the day we was getting ready to say, I do. Oh, Jesus, don't come till I get my driver's license. Don't come till I get married. And, and about a week after you get married, so oh God, please come quickly. And then, and then I want, I want, I don't come until I have my first kid. And then after, oh God, please really come really, really, really fast. And then, and then, and then it just, it just gets exponential. So he may come while we're all alive. He can come in the moment of twinkling of an eye. I know I'm not getting into all your pre-mid posts and all that kind of stuff. Pastor, do all that stuff. I'm just an evangelist. We ain't supposed to have an opinion. <laughs> but nonetheless, I just know that he's coming. Whenever he comes, I got to be ready. Above all else, I must be ready. Now, we're all going to be judged. Now, now the Bible lets us know the scripture 
does, it, let's just turn here, Second Peter uh, chapter 3. And uh, actually, I think I, I set these in order for the sound man. What, what verse is next there? Yeah, that's right, Second Peter chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. Just, this is for those that, uh, that you, you may have folks that question, that make fun, maybe in your own mind. I'm just going to tell you, the enemy can come. I've preached long enough, lived for God long enough. Uh, that, man, the enemy can come and plant some really ignorant thoughts in the saint of God's mind. Oh, yeah. oh, I've had them in mind. Oh, yeah. Thank God for the preaching. Because you'll go to a church service and you got some thought in your mind, and, man, all of a sudden it just seems like the preacher just, God just, boom, zeroes in. It's one verse. It's one statement. Whoa, hey, whoo, oh, thank God. Oh, thank, that's why you ought to come to church every time the doors are open. I said church is where you go to get your head on straight. Church is the one place. You're not going to get it out on a bar. You're not going to get it out on a job. You're not going to get it out at the park. you got to come to church and see a man of God. Somebody begin to preach the word. And a verse comes. And all of a sudden, man, I was rocking and reeling. But, man, I got strength because I got the word of God. Now, the scripture said about this subject that we are to be mindful. Everyone say mindful. He's writing to the church. He's not writing to sinners. That you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, mockers. Scoffers are those that make fun of holy things. I can deal with questions all day long. I can deal with honest questions about holy things. Why do you have to do that? That's an honest question. Because to the world, I have to do things. To the world, I'm in bondage. Now, they're not going to understand it. I am in bondage to the Lord. I'm a love slave. I don't have time. They don't understand that. They're in a slavery of a whole different deal. They don't understand that. And so, and so I, I, those types of questions that, that are calling into question why I love the holy things of God, that's different than those that are mocking the holy things of God. Walking after their own lust. And look at what they say. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. This is just how it's always been. You keep saying Jesus is going to come again. And he didn't come. Now our problem in our day is you get a lot of false stuff going on. And a lot of it is rooted in honest-hearted people. Now, that's true. There's a lot of folks that they study the Word of God. They're not trying to come up with... They, they get messed up because they're not, they're not teachable. But they are honest-hearted, many of them. Years ago, there was a book come out, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1988. I ought to write it today because then I don't have to come up with 21 reasons. be a shorter book. But 88 reasons, and then he missed it. And so he came out with well, next year, 89 reasons. He stopped there, thank God. But, but there's all these kind of, Hal Lindsey wrote a book, and, and different folks that have written these books trying to, to, to get into the Word of God, studying deeper, and they get, they get more deep than they need to. And they end up in error. And the problem is, is when they end up in error, a whole lot of folks bought into their error. And now, rather than saying, I'm wrong, some of them do, they repent, they go, but then they become gun-shy of anybody. Yeah. 
Then there's the other crowd that they make fun of everybody. Well, it didn't happen. You realize Isaiah 9, 6 was written some 500, 600 years before the Lord was born? Hey, where's this, where's this virgin thing happening in your eyes? What's happening there? You missed it. But there was enough of his prophecies that come to pass in his lifetime that there was these that they, it took a while. There wasn't anybody living when, when, that, that was alive in Isaiah's time when that prophecy came to pass. But there was enough done back over here that it gave folks faith. Hey, that man knew what he was talking about. So because Jesus didn't come in 1970 and 1980 and 88 and 89 and he didn't come in 2000 and a lot of folks, that doesn't give me any right to say where's the promise of his coming. The promise is still here. I said the fact that he's poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, every day somewhere uh, is promise enough. If he's still given the Holy Ghost, uh, that word still works. He's coming again. In the moment of a twinkling of an eye. My job is just to be ready and watching and waiting. And if he doesn't come while I'm alive, then I've lived my life in such a way that it was worth watching for him throughout my entire. I go to my grave. I'm looking. I'm believing to see. I'm going to go to sleep now, but when I wake up, the first face I'm going to see is he who I've never seen, but I've served you the best I can according to your... Oh, the mockers are going to be disappointed. Where's the promise of his coming? <laughs> well, you're wasting your time. Those of you that's lived for God, Pastor, 15 years old is when you came to the Lord, wasn't it? Somewhere in there, 14, 15, 12. 12 years old. Okay, so you've been serving God 30 years. Uh, and so, you uh, like that? That was nice. That's a, uh, and so, you're welcome. And, uh, and so, uh, but, but those years, 12 years old to whatever he is now. Others here, 40, 50, some maybe even close to 60 years. Why don't you just throw in the towel? Where's the promise of his coming? You remember when you came into God, uh, they was preaching that old message, somewhat of what I'm preaching right now. Jesus is coming. Uh, there's a hot hell awaiting the sinner. And you came running to an altar. God, forgive me. Uh, and you made a commitment 40 years ago. Where's the promise of his coming? Well, he's not come yet, but his word says he is, and I still don't want to go to hell. The same passion, the same fear, the same desire I had 40 years ago, I got it now. He may come right now. I may die this way, but I'm going to see him one day. And so, where is the promise of his coming? Next verse, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1, if you have your Bible, I know he's got it up there for convenience, but if you have your Bible, turn to these scriptures, and some of them you may want to underline or, or uh, write a note next to. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse number uh, 1, or Second Timothy rather, Second Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God, Paul's writing to, to Timothy, I charge thee before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And then he says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. 
But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Never in our day have we had the ability to do that except with the internet. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's the day that we live in. You can comment right now with what I'm preaching. You could go and get on some, do some type of Google search on when Jesus is coming back and have 15 different viewpoints and every one of them has got verses that they've twisted scripture to it and others say Jesus isn't coming back and others say he came back. And It's just it's a convoluted mess out there. All I'm telling you is Jesus has not come back yet but he is coming again and it's incumbent upon you and I to stay ready every day. Not just at a church service. Thank God for a church service uh, where conviction can sweep in uh, and encouragement can come in uh, and you can say I want to be saved uh, or I'm going to continue to be saved uh, but really where it matters is when I walk out of the door uh, God uh, in this moment am I saved uh, will I be saved today uh, will I continue living for you uh, until you come because he's coming again this ought to excite Folks, it reminds me of a story. And here I will tell one story. Preacher was relaying how several mornings in a row he woke up and his wife was not next to him. And bothering him because that wasn't the norm that early in the morning. So one morning he was awake when she stirred left. He gave it a while. Said he went out to the living area and there, there she was she had the windows open and she just looking outside tears running down her face he said honey what's wrong she said well she said the, the Bible said that he's going to come split that eastern sky in the clouds she said in the last several days it's just been on my mind I wonder if today won't be the day and I want to see him I would to God that that would grip our hearts again, every person in this building. See, because of the day-to-day living, we can shout right now with this, and we believe it. But it's so easy to forget when I wake up in the morning and I got to make the breakfast. And Man, I'm just in a hurry. I got to get to work, and I got to do this, and, and I got all these things. Today could be the day Jesus comes. Today could be the day when, when I cease to breathe any longer. And I'll be judged that day according to how I leave this life. Will I go out of this life looking for him? Let's love the Lord together right now. Jesus, thank you for your spirit that's here. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Second Corinthians chapter five and verse ten. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse ten. Turn there with me. The scripture says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, everybody here, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Those that that reject the fact that the Lord's coming again. Or 
There may be some even in this room are listening. Oh, yeah, I believe he's coming back. But you don't believe the severity of what it means when he's coming back. Because if you did, your life would reflect it. The way you live for God, the way you live life would reflect whether or not you really believe Jesus is coming back again. The way we interact with one another, the way that we interact in our society would reflect on whether or not we believe Jesus really was coming back. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kingdoms of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. He's coming back. I said he's coming back. He's coming back. There's a lot of folks. Well, when he comes back, boy, I'll worship him. No, no, no. You're going to scream and you're going to cry because it's going to be so devastating. The glory that he comes back with, the the, 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 the power, the majesty that he comes back with. Only those that are already looking for that glorious appearing. It's not going to be judgment. It's going to be praise. I've been looking for you. I've been serving you. Oh, I ain't been perfect, but I've been doing the best I can. And when the words convicted my heart, I've repented. And God, I've been doing everything I know how to do. I'm looking for you, Jesus. And there's going to be a whole bunch of folks uh, that haven't believed, uh, they haven't looked, uh, they haven't, they just relegated to some back page of their life. Uh, but thanks be to God, there's some folks uh, that when he comes again, I've been looking. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20 and verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Don't let everyone, anyone ever tell you you're not saved by works. You're judged according to your works. Our initial salvation is by grace. It's by the mercy of God. But if you're going to stay saved, you're going to be doing the works of the scripture. Scripture said you're going to be judged by them. Whether they be good or whether they be bad. And notice what he said, and the death and hell shall were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Those that mock, those that question, those that disparage, those that say they believe and yet live a life as though they don't believe. Oh, they'll see him, but they won't want to see. But everybody's going to see. Hitler's going to see him. Mussolini's going to see him. Dalai Lama, all of them. Genghis Khan, all those. President Reagan. You understand Reagan wasn't saved. I mean, some folks try and make him a savior, but he wasn't saved. All of our presidents, all 
Thank God for all of the good and the bad. Every one of them is going to stand in judgment. Every one of them is going to see Jesus. Every one of them is going to have to answer. And according to their answers will be where their eternity is spent. Oh, I'm looking for Jesus. I'm not looking. To, notice what the scripture said here there in Revelation, uh, that first verse, what was it, 11? And he said the, the earth, the heaven and the earth are going to pass away. All those things you're working for, all those things that mean so much. Well, I got to, man, I, you know, pastor, I got to have two or three jobs because I got to save for retirement. I got to save for all that stuff sounds good. God bless everybody. Man, I've been advantaged. I get so tired hearing about 401Ks and all that kind of stuff. I ain't got any of it. I got it. Well, you're irresponsible. Okay. How many folks you want to God? My, my retirement's over there. God's taking care of me all the way through these years. He's going to keep on taking care of me. Thank God for all of the stuff. But I'm going to tell you, you put your faith all you want to and all that kind of stuff. God bless everybody. Be a good steward. Do the best you can. But just remember, it's all going to go away. Matter of fact, it can all go away in this life. All it takes is one stock turn just going down. All it takes is the economy going down. Then where will all the stuff that we have be? It ain't going to count for much. You better put your hope in Jesus Christ. You better be walking looking for him. God, uh, you are the author and the finisher of all of my faith. If it's all gone tomorrow. While we shout and talk about all that, I hope that it'd be nice that we don't have to live according to that. I'm thankful in some ways for many of the ways I was raised, not having a whole lot. Because if God let it go all the way today. I know it's like not having a suit. I know what it's like not having just a pair, one pair of jeans and a couple shirts. I go back to that. I go back to it. God, just give me Jesus. I'm looking for your glorious appearance. That's all. That's all. I, I, I'm not interested in all the accoutrements of the flesh. Oh, it's nice when you got them. But it's going to pass away. And only what we do for Jesus is going to last. That's it. Who's going to take care of my family? Who's taking care of them right now, ma'am, sir? You really think it's you? You really think it's me? Man, all it takes is just one little, one little infection to get in your body. And you're done. All that was. Well, I can, I can still, I don't know how much I bench, somewhere between 250 and 300. I can still, I can still do that. Woo. Man, all it takes, bro, one pulled muscle. Gone. Well, I'm so strong. So look at what I can do. Look at my, my mind. Some of you, boy, boy, how smart you are. Thank God for your smartness. But all it takes is one stroke. And you really think you're the one that's supplying everything. That's where our world lives. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta work all this. I gotta do this because I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I, and then they even use the Bible. Well, I gotta be a, I gotta be a provider. And you really think you're gonna do it at the absence of a relationship with Jesus Christ?
Oh, let's love the Lord. I, I wasn't certain how all this is going to happen. Jesus, love you. We 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 love you. You're coming again, Jesus. More than anything, God, to be ready. To be ready. To be ready. To be ready to meet you. To be ready to meet you. To be ready to meet you. I have a family member. You get 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. I've got a family member. I'm just going to hit this here and move on. None of this here, this part certainly wasn't in my note. Drives the nicest cars, has for years. Traveled the world. Beautiful. Known fairly decently in the jazz independent music artist world. I've got a letter. I'd give all my money if I could have a family like you. I'm a brother. We was raised the same way. He's dying of cancer. He's been fighting it for five, six years. He's coming back. She's, she's had it just to, it, it releases just something. There's been at least three times they've given her six months to live and she's beat each one of them so We got money, got looks, got cars, got a portfolio, all this stuff. What good is it? It's not going to get you a relationship with the Lord. It's not going to get you the things that you really want. Only living for God, walking to see Him. God, I'm just looking. Thank you for all the stuff that you've given but an empty life to one that's filled. Well, God, if I ain't got all the stuff. Matter of fact, I remember one time, early evangelizing years, boy, it, I mean, it was very, very tough. And uh, she knew we, was, we needed money. I needed $2,000, and I needed it yesterday. It was a bad deal. There wasn't no credit card. We didn't even have credit cards. It was just, just situations come up. I wasn't going to, and she told my sister, she told my wife, all he has to do is ask, and I'll give it to him. And Brother Hilton made me livid. I went to church. I said, God, I said, I'm living for you. I'm doing the best I can. She's back so that she's doing all this stuff. I said, I don't understand. I said, but I will not ask. I don't even know why this had nothing to do with what I'm preaching right now. I will not ask. I will not do it. I told, told my wife, I said, I'm going to go preach at this little church. Little, little church. I get there, they got about 10 people. And I'm thinking, there ain't no way I'm going to take an offering from this church. They need it worse than I do. And not only that, the offering they're going to give me, brother, it ain't going to touch what I need. So, I just give back. It's the truth. And they were going to do the best they can. They, they love preaching that. He came to me after the service. He said, Russell, well, what do you, what, who do I make a check to? I said, oh, brother. I said, don't worry about it. I said, man, you just keep it low. God bless you, man. I said, oh, no, no, no. You're, you're going to get some. I said, no, no. I said, I, I don't need anything. He said, he said, let me tell you something. God told me to give you an offer. Okay, here's who you make it to. Come back out, gave me a $1,000 check. Blew my mind. 
told my wife, I said, well, I called her that night. I said, I think that we can, we can, you know, at least it might give us just a little breathing room. She said, well, what do I tell your sister? I said, just don't tell her nothing. She won't even know. Okay. Next day on the road to the airport, just as I'm getting ready to get out, go to the airport. He said, oh, here's the other half that God told me to give you last night, but I knew you wouldn't take it. And you wonder why I don't worry about all the other stuff? I've had God do it too many times. Don't get caught up in this world stuff. Jesus is coming again. And you'll miss the greatest reunion with the Savior. Oh, you'll see him, but you'll be with the other group. Uh, you better make for certain my calling and election uh, is looking for Jesus. Because when he comes, uh, nothing else in this world will matter to you. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. i got to hurry. So then you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul was interested in, in instructing the church. Here's some things about the gifts of the Spirit and, 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 and how to have church and the, and the correct way to live. He's writing this and I don't have time. But in the midst of it, he linked the understanding with Jesus' coming. I don't want you to come behind in anything. While you're waiting for Jesus to come, he's coming again. He's coming again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 3 and 13. Scripture says, Oh, but ye, brethren, be not weary in well doing. And that's a good scripture. That's 2 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. To the end, you may, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Well, it doesn't matter how I live for God. Oh, it doesn't? That you may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. God's coming. And he's looking for those that have their hearts established in holiness. Unblameable. You mean, I, I got to be perfect, I'll just quit. Oh, no, that's not the solution. Hey, there's, there's a mark there. God, help me get it out of there. I'm moving on for you. I'm just going to tell you all the way until you exit this life, there's going to be something that you can work on in your life and spirit to become better for God. Don't make that an excuse for not living for God. Don't make that an excuse to say, well, I, since I'll just never, I'll never be perfect, I might as well quit. Oh, no, no, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on being what I can for God. Because he's coming again, 523 of the same book, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 8. The scripture says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, 
but all them that love. Do you love his appearing? Are you living each day? I can't wait to see you. I'm looking for you, Jesus. This just might be the day when the clouds split open. This just might be the day. I, I, I hope, I, I, God, I hope I'm doing this justice. I, I know we don't, we don't, we don't hear a lot of this preaching on the coming of the Lord much anymore. You used to hear it a lot. Maybe, maybe the reason why it was so impacting is because we heard it a lot. But folks are almost scared to preach it because you get into, well, do you believe pre, mid, or post, or do you believe this? Or I'm not interested in all. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you looking? Is it on your mind and in your conscience? When you get up in the morning, it's one thing to do it at a church service. But when you're going through your day, today could be the day Jesus comes again. Is this an activity that I want him to find me doing when he comes again? Is this an activity? Is this a thought that I want in my heart if I were to pass on? Is this the last way I want to be going towards and meeting him? Or God, I... I want you to know I'm looking for you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind. Second Timothy 4, 8, which we read, Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 through 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying, denying, it doesn't matter how you live, and why does the Bible teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust? We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Why? Because we're looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm looking for Him. So God, I'm looking for a holy God. I'm looking for a great Savior. He brought me out of the miry clay. Why in the world, if he brought you out, would you want to take some of it with you? Why in the world would you want to continue in any source of it? Oh, God, you brought me out. God, I want to look for you without any of it attached to me, Jesus. I'm looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing. I don't care what your job is. I don't care if you're a school teacher. I don't care if you're a, a homemaker. I don't. I, I've told stories years ago of of, of mothers and, and and preachers that talked about how when they was kids and and, and I'm talking about old Pentecost now uh, that in messages like this and, and they would the, some of the last sounds they would hear as they were getting out to go catch the school bus was moms prostrate on the ground uh, and, and praying and 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 begging God to save their children and begging God uh, God keep them you're coming back that was the echoes that those kids heard uh, in their in their minds they'd hear their parents praying uh, oh God help us to be ready uh, I wonder if there's any of those types of prayers much anymore uh, those that are looking for his glorious appearing uh, oh I know I know a lot of times we're so busy. God, I just want to be ready when you come, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love But I'm talking about those. You remember some of you remember what it was like when you were just engaged. And man, you couldn't hardly stay off the phone. You couldn't wait to see them. You couldn't wait to talk to them. I wonder if that, if that type of freshness would come with our relationship.
relationship with God again. Oh God, throughout this day, I gotta do this over here and I'm working on this over here. And yes, man, there's a lot of a lot of pressure pulling on me in my business, but God, somewhere in all of it, could this be the day in the middle of this business discussion? Could you call me home in the middle of fixing my car, in the middle of doing the dishes, in the middle of whatever the activity may be? Am I looking for his glorious appearing? That translates to our activities. Is God, can I, can I drink this whiskey and Jesus come for me? Can I toke this? Can I light this up? Can I be reading this? Can I be listening to this? Can I be looking at this? Those that are looking for his glorious appearing. I got to live life. Oh, I know. I understand. Gotta live like I mean. I mean, there's a time to laugh, and there's a time for games, and there's a time for for some frivolity. But even in the frivolity, God, don't let me get so caught up in the fun and all of the stuff that I check out that it's during this time you may come. Jesus is coming again. Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-eight. Hebrews nine and twenty-eight. I know I could read it off there. I'm just a traditionalist. I like my Bible. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. For those that are looking for him, you're going to be saved. Thank God we we talk about being saved. And I am saved. Right now I'm saved. I'm not saved out of this world yet, but I am saved. I have his imprimatur in my heart. I have the Holy Ghost. I've been buried in his name. I'm doing my best to live righteously in a wicked world. I can stand here right now and say, right now I'm saved. I'm looking for him to save me out of this world. But anybody that's not looking for him, oh, they'll see him, but it won't be to salvation. It'll be to judgment. That's why it's incumbent upon us uh, every once in a while to look into the scriptures like we're doing right now uh, and to say, God, uh, I want to be aware. I'm going to keep looking for you. Uh, Help me, God, if my vision uh, has got looking down. Uh, The Bible said uh, that to those that when you look up, uh, your redemption uh, is drawing nigh. Uh, God, uh, I I got to look down every once in a while so I'm not misplacing my feet. And I got to look down every once in a while to see where I'm going. But God, help my vision not to be so down here all the time, but elevated that I'm looking for your glorious appearing because you're coming again. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you what's, what the problem is in our world today with preaching messages like this is that we have just enough God not to fear hell and just enough of the world to not need heaven. I'm good. Oh, I like this. Well, I like talking about Jesus. 
But do I really have to lose everything? Do what will what, happen? So what would happen if your lifestyle just changed over and out like that? What happened? When, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the government right now in ways that it's never went on before. That things, supply chains could be shut down. Oh, that's not alarmist and conspiracy stuff. That's real. Folks, you read your Bible. I mean, we're, we're, so, we're so protected here in the United States. It's, it's affected our view of Christianity. Read your Bible. Famines came so bad in the Bible, they ate their own babies. They ate bird dung. They sold it. That's foreign to us, but it's happened, and it can happen again. It can happen in this country. You don't think, well, I don't believe, fine, go ahead, but you're going to have to argue with history. It could happen here. Do you have enough of God? Read your Bible. How many times in the New Testament they were persecuted? It wasn't that they lost their job. They were losing their lives. They weren't pulling guns and going and shooting those persecuting them. They were having revival. They were loving God. They were holding on to their faith. They were saying, I'm going to be what God wants me to be. But I'm looking, their whole, their whole attitude was I'm looking to get out of this world. And if you're going to kill me, that's just an exit out of here. I'm looking to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And I know, I know in the American church, that rubs a lot of us wrong. But you still have to struggle with the facts of the word of God. That are not written to an American church, they're written to apostolic believers the scripture says scripture says he's coming back to those that are looking for his appearance the second time he's coming with salvation I'm saved right now but one day I'm getting out of here never to come back you talk about a time there you talk about salvation then Oh, no wonder heaven's going to be so great, Pastor. We dance and shout right now when we just feel a little bit of the touch of heaven. Uh, when the Holy Ghost begins to be stirred up in our hearts. Uh, I watched here this morning as there was some, he was really tapping in. Uh, and there was an excitement talking about the holiness of God. Uh, but you just wait uh, until you're translated uh, and you see him. Uh, you think you got a touch of heaven now. Uh, it's just the earnest uh, of our inheritance. Jesus is coming again. James chapter 5 verse 7. I'm going to skip over here, brother. Thank you for your help this morning. James 5 and 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren. Patient, patient, patient. Therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord, behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it, and he receive early and latter rain. Be patient, Notice twice, 7 and verse 8, be also patient, establish your hearts. Get this in your heart. Uh, nail it down. Don't let anybody take it. Uh, don't let any situation grab it out of your heart. Uh, let everything that you're doing be built on the, on the established foundation uh, of Jesus' name, and he is coming back. Uh, and because he's coming back, uh, I must be saved. Uh, because he's coming back, everything I do matters. Uh, because he's coming back, uh, every attitude I have matters. Because he's coming back, everything I say matters. Uh, because he's coming back. Uh, he's coming for me because uh, I'm looking for him. Because the coming of the Lord draweth 
9. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. Just a few more verses here. That the trial, the trial, the trial. Everyone say trial. Trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That my trial will be found to the praise and glory of him. God, help me to make it through every trial, every test. Help me to make it, God, through every temptation. God, that it might be found to the glory of you, Jesus. That it might be found to glorify you and praise you at the coming. When you come again, that, God, everything that I've been through, I've made it because you helped me. And I've made it because I'm looking for your glorious appearing. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. 5 and 4, the same book. Scripture says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Keep in mind who's writing this passage of Scripture. It's none other than Peter, one of the three closest to Jesus. And he understands. He's one that he even denied the same Jesus. But when he repented and when he is saved and when he is converted, now he's establishing and he's comforting the brethren. And he's saying, I want you to know something, that he's coming back. He's coming back. And when he comes back, and this is written, this this book here is written some 30 years after, after Jesus is gone. And it's 30 years after the promise. It's 30 years after Peter seen Jesus leave. And he's still going 30 years later. He's coming back. I don't know when he's coming coming back but he said he's coming back uh, and he's going to come for a people uh, that's looking for him uh, and Peter went out of here tradition tells us as a martyr uh, and no doubt that may be true uh, but he died and he's gone uh, and Jesus didn't come but the word still ring true uh, the word uh, if you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, and you've been baptized in Jesus name uh, the same promise uh, that he gave you in the Holy Ghost uh, is the same promise uh, that said I'm coming back again and he's looking for those that's made themselves ready. First John, first John, last passage. First John, chapter three. First John, chapter three, and verse. What verse is it up there? First John, chapter three and two. I wrote it down wrong on my notes. Thank you, brother, for helping me out with that. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear. This is John writing now. John is one of the three closest to the Lord Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved. It is John that is now the oldest of the disciples and apostles, last living one. It writes, we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He's coming back. There may be some things you don't get. You may not get a wife. You may not get a husband. You may not have children. You may not have the ideal job. You may not have this. There's a lot of things you may not get in this life. 
But if I can hold on to him, he's going to give me a whole lot of other things on the other side. Well, as Brother Saval, that's easy for you to say. Well, you'd have to live my life to know how easy it's been. Not everything you think you want is what you need. We always want what somebody else has a lot of times because they seem to have something better than we do. You just have to be in that life to find out whether or not it was better. But Jesus is coming again. Don't let momentary illusions, needs, and wants rob you of seeing Jesus as your Savior and making it to where all you see him is as your judge. He's coming again. Would you lift your hands all across this building with me right now? Jesus, God, I've done the best with your word that you gave me this morning. God, to the saints of the Lord, Jesus, God, to those, O oh Lord, that may not yet be saints but have a desire to be saved, have a desire, O oh God, to live for you, have a desire, O oh God, to make their calling and election sure. Oh, we love you today, Jesus. We love you today, Jesus. Would you stand with me all across the building right now? God, while you're praying, if there's anybody here, you know, preacher, I'm not ready to meet Jesus right now. I'm not ready if I drop dead, and I'm not ready if he came right now. I'm just not ready. God, but I want to be ready. If you feel that way, you can come to this altar right now. Say, God, here I am. Search my heart, Jesus. Oh, I love you. Come on, we're not playing games here this morning. I wonder if there's anybody else that says, God, I just want to check in. There may be some that come say, God, you know what? I believe I'm doing all right, but I just want you to know I'm going to be looking for you. God, I just want you to know I'm looking for you, Jesus. God, not just in this service. Thank you, God, for the reminder. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, uh, for quickening our hearts again. Uh, but, God, I'm asking you, Jesus, that when I leave this building, uh, God, tomorrow morning, uh, God, your words would ring in my heart. Uh, oh, I want to see you. Uh, look upon your face. Uh, there to sing forever of your amazing grace. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Come on, that's right, reaching for Jesus this morning. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be ashamed. He's wanting to come. He's wanting to return for those that are looking for his appearing. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, that's right. Be sensitive to those around you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you. Help us as a church, Jesus. Help us, oh God, as saints of God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit today. 
looking deeply into our hearts, God. Jesus, let your words, God, let the thought, let the awareness, oh God, of your coming affect everything we do. God, every thought, every action, God, to examine our hearts, oh Lord Jesus. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, where it's appropriate, why don't you just reach over. Let's pray with one another for a few moments here right now. Come on, we need to be ready. Oh, God, search my heart, Jesus. Search my heart, Jesus.